You're listening to Real Crime, the Movie Sleuth Podcast. Top of the morning to you. Top of the morning. Love. Oh, yes. <laughs> what episode are we on? We're on episode 116, dog. I should always ask this before we go live or we're, well, we're on the Facebook live. Hi, Facebook land. How are you guys? Um, and yeah, this is Real Crime number 116. A very special topic this week. Yeah. Mm. Very special, <laughs> special topic. This was Mara's idea. Was it? Was this your idea? Yeah. I thought it was Trevor's idea. No. No, nope, it was mine. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, so, Mara, yeah, this is Mara's topic. And uh, you know what? Uh, this is going to be, yeah, it's it's special. Let's just, let's just call it special for right now. Our extra special topic we're going to have for this week. Uh, however, business first. got to make some money here. Uh, Chris, what, <laughs> what, what do we got? So, uh, first thing we got to mention is this episode of Real Crime, episode number 116, is sponsored by... <laughs> 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 it's a, sponsored by Sellermans. Oh, yes. I I wasn't there last week, but I was there the week before. I think I mentioned that. And wow, man, they're they're uh, they're Scotch ale they have going right now. I mentioned that it's fantastic. Uh, I know they still have a couple barrels of that left from the run. And if you don't go there and try that, then you just don't like beer. There's just something wrong with Scotch flavored beer. No, it's Scotch ale. It's a Scotch ale. It's just like a it's a Scotch ale, like just a darker. It's a dark ale. Oh, I see. So it's it's not like a whiskey. No, taste. no, no. Just Scotch okay, Ale. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. I see what you're saying. It's fantastic. Really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, if you haven't been to Sellermans, um, you don't like beer. You don't like culture. I don't know why you're listening to this show. <laughs> There's something really wrong with you. Anyways, moving along. So Flint Institute of Arts. Oh God. Awesome. Trevor. Place. Trevor did verify his cot is set up there now. Yes. So he has officially moved in. Trevor hangs out there all day. Every day, yeah. every week. He's home away from home. On the weekend and even on the holidays, Trevor yeah. is there. Trevor is the Flint Institute of Arts. We were, actually, <laughs> we were actually in Flint this past Saturday. Yeah. To the world famous machine shop. Oh, I'm, uh, yeah. To see Doro and Metal Church. That was uh, quite, a, quite a little party that happened there. It was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I... I I, the Flint Institute of Arts and the Machine Shop are probably the greatest institutions, I think, that are in Flint right now. Uh, if you haven't been to either one of those, <laughs> and we're, giving, we're giving the Machine Shop free advertising here. Sorry about that. But, yeah, place rules. They should be one of our sponsors. They they rule. It's You know, I mean, I, it, it bums me out, and I hate to go on a, on a tangent about this, but uh, the, the Machine Shop, as far as a club is concerned, it's one of the nicer places I've ever been to to see bands play at. I mean, the play, the staff there blows my mind. They're always, like, right on the money. They're super cool. I've never had a bad experience. Like, you know, with, you know, uh, you know rock clubs, you can get some meathead people there and whatnot, and everybody there is super cool. I love going to that place to see shows, but it's 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 an hour away, though, so it's rare we get to go up there. You, know, you said meatheads. 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 What, yeah, you, that was why we didn't go, because it's an hour away way I'm it's a really, hike i'm really regretful that we didn't though very regretful my uh, uh my better half is the biggest doro fan in the entire world so we were not missing that and i'm a, I'm a complete metal church nerd so i'm not missing yeah. that so it was it was a match made in heaven for us we the name of the band is doro mm-hmm. well no it's doro pesh uh, she's a she's a german singer she used to be in originally was in a band called warlock 
Uh, she's one of the best, you know, one of my favorite singers uh, is, as far as metal's concerned. Yeah, she's uh, great. Yeah, she's just, and, and she's 55 years old, and she still has the energy of a teenager. Watching her play, I'm just sitting there going, my I, God, that's a 55-year-old woman up there. She looks great. She yeah, she's sounds she's just, phenomenal. Yeah. She's got one of the most unique voices in, in metal, like, regardless of gender. She's just really unique. And she has, uh, you know, that, what I've, and I've said it on this show before, she has that, one of my trademark things I think makes a great singer is just a little bit of a snarl in the voice. Okay. You know, everything's yeah. in pitch. She can she can hit any note you ask her to do, any any range, but she's got that neat just that that timber, that snarl. You're right. I always say like Johnny Cash, uh, you know, like Deaf American years, like the last part of his career where he had that that really, really amazing timber to his voice that you only get mm -hmm. from years of hard living and, and cigarettes. Mm -hmm. But Doro isn't like that. She's got that all natural. She always, she obviously is taking very good care of herself. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, great place to go to, yeah. and yeah, that was a lot of fun. So yeah, there's some free free money from the machine shop. Cool, for cool. The machine shop. Uh, they got plenty of free they, ad they space got, out they of us. Tons of ad space out of us. And then of course projectorscreen.com. Mm. So check their website out. They got a lot of cool stuff on there, especially if you're into home theater like I am. There's tons and tons of good stuff on there. Scott's tip of the week also: don't use two ginger tea bags in your tea. Um, you you start seeing through time. I think I'm like <laughs> the burn in my throat right now. It's wow. actually pretty awesome, uh, but wow, it's like really strong. So if I start like kind of crawling around, acting goofy, you know, you know, I'm high on ginger here for the for the Facebook Live people. There it is. So just for the few people that are watching, um, we discussed this earlier. We are going to be trying to go oh, profanity free on this show from here on out. Uh, last week we got flagged by Facebook for Oops. some all right choice words that all of us said. Yeah. Uh, so right. okay. we're gonna try to be tapering that back for a more childlike experience. <laughs> childlike? Yes. We're gonna become more childish. Yeah. I think that's kind of hard. Yeah, doesn't that include hard. more profanity? Yeah, it probably does. But now so, we just have to say poo poo head and yeah, poo poo head. Especially with the topic we have this week too. This is gonna be brutal on us, man. Uh, uh. All right, fine. Sorry, Facebook. Or Chris Jordan nailed that one. He said, you guys are going to have a hard time. I saw that today, and I giggled a little bit. Yeah, so sorry, Zach. We'll try <laughs> to keep our act together here, and uh, we don't want to offend you, Zach. Yeah. yeah. We Lord don't. Zach. <laughs> Lord Zach. Please. We don't want him and his almighty algorithm to be offended. Yeah. <laughs> they get offended a lot. Yes, they By do. me. <laughs> That's why I'm Whoa. banned. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, a news this week. Yes. Disney announced today they have plans for three more Star Wars movies that are going to start in 2022, I believe it is. They're taking a little bit of a break, and in they have plans now to go from 2022 through 2027. There's going to be a new Star Wars movie every other year, and on the years in between, we're going to be getting an Avatar sequel every year. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Overload. <laughs> Since Disney owns everything, I thought now. they were like done with Avatar. I, I mean, that's been a long time since they did anything with that. Not like seven years. Yeah, yeah. been a very long. I forgot time. about that yeah. until you know recently they started talking about it again. They're working on Avatar two right now, mm -hmm. and with the reaction they got from the you know Avatar, you'd think they would have jumped on that. Right, uh, I know. James Cameron doesn't do anything quickly. Well, but it's all quality, though. Yeah, it is. I prefer to just see somebody take their time with things and do I'm, something good. I'm not a huge fan <laughs> of Avatar. I like everything else James Cameron has done. I, visually, it's like, yeah. wow. You know, um, 
but yeah, I mean, like like a lot of things. I mean, it looked so amazing. I I, I love the way that movie looks. Uh, it's a feast for the eyes. Uh, yeah, as far as plot and storyline, yeah, it left I'm sure a lot on the table for people. But again, it's something for you to you know really enjoy from a visual standpoint. I think. That's just me. I'm sure there's somebody out there that would say, like, oh, it's the greatest story ever written, Scott. You're an idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, <I> mean, <laughs> and oh then uh, Star Trek Discovery this week, actually, um, some news came out about that actually today that Star Trek Discovery is actually the most popular streaming show in the world. Discovery. Which is really kind of shocking. Yeah, I- I'm not shocked because it's Star Trek, and that's, you know... Star Trek's is powerful stuff. I'd like to think, well, I mean, at least my thing would be that I know the purists and I, I hate, I, I hate to get off my lawn stuff, but, um, <laughs> I imagine, you know, what I, what I like to think about that is that, you know, Star Trek, you know, is being exposed now to a whole new generation of people, you know, you know guys and gals. Uh, and I like to think that's you know where that big push is coming from, where those numbers may be coming from. And, you know, I, and of course, I'm sure there is still the purists, the core that just are latched onto everything that has the Star Trek brand on it too. So I mean, it don't surprise me all that much. At the same time, it's like really Star Trek, the most streams of all uh, in it's the world, the most popular wow. streaming show in the world. Good for them. Yeah, I'm proud. I'm proud of Trek for that. I don't, yeah. I don't watch that show. I couldn't make I it through the first episode, but I don't. Um, from so what I understand, it. it actually got really good midway through the first season. Yeah, that's what they, I've heard. They changed things up because they knew it wasn't going the right way. Yeah. So they kind of. And my friend Brian actually says that you can tell midway through the first season the things were changed mm-hmm. from a producer aspect. They kind of reined it in a little bit. I should okay. give it another shot. I really yep. want to. I'm going to try. And then the big news yesterday, we all talked about this a little bit on Facebook. David Goyer is writing a Hellraiser reboot. (laughs) Scott's silent. Keep going. The good thing is that Clyde Barker is actually working hand in hand with them on this. And he does, he's given them, you know, full rights to do what they want with it. So hopefully it's good. Interesting. I, I hope. I really hope. I know. I want it to be great. Please don't hurt me. I'm I just care little, so much about those movies. I'm All just of a, them. I'm a little fearful of, you know, walking on hallowed ground because those first two movies are so awesome. Well, you know, uh, the track record for reboots and all this stuff, as we know, there's only been a handful, I think, that really left people, at least me, you know, and again, you know, boy, this is like a get off my lawn show. Just all the whole thing is get off my lawn. Um, you know, yeah, you're dealing with a with a you know when it comes to a franchise. Let's just say Hellraiser. That's a perfect example. You're dealing with a group of people who grew up with that. That was part of their childhood. You know, and it kind of formed their artistic intake as far as you know what they like in movies and things like that. I know Hellraiser did that for me. Uh, it did shape my like view on certain things as far as horror is concerned and kind of set the bar for me in a lot of ways too especially hellraiser 2 in my opinion was one of the most insane things i've ever seen so um i really am curious to see what they're going to do and this talk about redoing hellraiser has been going on now god for like 15 years this has been going on forever 
There's there, been one person. There was one order. that was in the works by Pascal. Yeah, and they were going to CGI Pinhead, which I was like throwing my yeah. hands and going, "Come on, yeah. no, not going to happen, dude. No, not not cool." So that's going to be interesting to see if they if they follow through. Now let's let's see if this actually gets gets somewhere where they actually film it and they put it in a in a theater for us to to watch it. That'd be really cool. I just hope it's not like a straight to video kind of thing. Okay. That's my fear. Like Revelations, the what was it? That was that was that the last or Judgment? Yeah. God. <sighs> Dude, come on. The guy that played Pinhead was great. Great. He was. He was fantastic. If but... it had been a proper Hellraiser movie, he looks like Doug Bradley. He sounds like Doug Bradley. The makeup, he looked great in that. It was all practical effects for the most part. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the movie was just awful. Did you see it, Mara? I didn't. I've only seen the first Hellraiser. Okay. I sat you down You see number it. two. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know why I haven't, to be honest. It's just one of those things. The practical effects yeah. were cool. Yeah. It, it very much, I hate to say it, <clears throat> but it very much had the Saw vibe to it, though. The way it was lit, the way, you know, it moved fast. You know, we've talked about that quick, that James Wan, you know, trademark now of, like, the quick shots. Yes. It's like a total, like, totally gives me nausea if I'm in a theater with it. Uh Judgment looked like that to me. I, I saw so much. I remember telling Amber that I'm like, this is like Saw with Cenobites. <laughs> kind of, it had that same feel at least to me. So I'm curious to see what they're going to do by with uh with the dreaded big R on Hellraiser. Let's see what happens. All right, what else we got, Chris? I don't want to talk um, about anymore. It's too painful. The last bit of news I have this week is that it's more Star Wars news. Sadly, uh, the the Mandalorian on. Disney streaming service, Disney Plus, has already been renewed for season two. Hasn't even premiered yet. And John Favreau has already signed on to come back for season two. And yeah. It tested that good. It tested that good. Okay. Yeah. It's good. I'm all for more Star Wars. I'm all for more Star Wars. More the merrier. Yeah. All right. New releases this week. We've got Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Yeah. Which I saw last night with Matilda. What'd you think? It was cool. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. It was a good kids movie. Okay. It's a good kids movie. All right. So she loved it. And usually when I go see those movies, yeah. as long as it's a kids movie and the kids love it, that's all that matters to yeah. me. Yeah. I'm not going to be too critical of that. Wes actually, his review is live on the site. I think he gave it like a four out of five. Yeah. And then we've got the Tolkien movie that comes out this week. Hmm which looks fairly good. I could not attend the screening for that one, sadly, because it was at like 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then um, Palms comes out. What the hell is Palms? Some mom movie. Yeah, just in time for Mother's Day. Uh, you know, like the movie with like, you know, all the people that are always in these movies are in this movie. Okay, great. Yeah. So and I won't see it. Andrew's seeing that one. <laughs> and then uh, The Hustle. The Hustle comes out this week, too. Who's in that? I don't know. Okay, good. It's the one. It's kind of like, uh, kind of a remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, but with females. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm down for that. I like when they change it like that, though. Yeah, it'll be cool. As long as it's good. As long as it's as good. long as it's not Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Disappointed. Wasn't, wasn't very good. I haven't seen that. <clears throat> and that's it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Suggested viewing. Suggested viewings for this week. I really haven't watched much. I was hoping that I could suggest the Ted Bundy movie on Netflix. It was terrible. I saw that over the weekend Bummer. also. It was painful. Did you see it? I didn't see it. I kind of want to. I've heard a couple things about it, so I want to make my own decision. But what did you guys think? This is the one it's called, like that weird long Extremely time. shocking, Evil, blah, blah, blah. Shocking, yeah. vile, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I don't like the idea, and maybe you mentioned this. Uh, somebody I saw out on the internet. It was me. Was it you? Said, you know, this movie is basically trying to like make you feel bad for this guy. Uh, it and I don't. I didn't, thankfully, at the end of it. I'm like, this guy's a shithead. The movie, when you're watching it, it's almost like they're trying to... (laughs) Poo-poo head. They're trying to convince you. It almost felt to me like they're trying to convince me that he's innocent and he's a good guy and that we should feel sorry for him. He wasn't innocent. He wasn't innocent. Even Eugene pointed out, because he did the review for us last Saturday, Yeah. he pointed out it's the poor directorial work the guy did on it he was in control of how this product was made. Right. And you're trying to convince me that a murderer and rapist of women deserves a second shot and deserves to be looked at almost like a hero. New. The movie actually, I can sit through Martyrs. I can sit through a Serbian film. This, because it takes place in reality, I had a very very hard time grasping the the way he was presented now the film doesn't really show much of the murders there's only one real scene that really kind of shows one (coughs) of the killings yeah this movie is basically takes place after most of it had already happened it's more just a trial and more about his trial all that stuff you know but in zach efron he did a great job he looks like him in a lot of good casting as far as appearance yeah but it just really bothered me um altogether it bothers me the fact they had the documentary on bundy bundy and then they have this movie about bundy yeah and i think humanizing a murderer and trying to make us sympathize is a really really bad way to go and that's how i felt about this so i'm not suggesting this movie at all in fact, I'm doing the total opposite. <laughs> Unsuggested if you want. Unsuggested. If you, if you want to watch a good movie about a serial killer, watch Zodiac because that's like the peak yeah. of good reality-based serial killer movies. So my suggested viewing for this week is probably going to be start watching Game of Thrones over from season one because that's what I just did. I, I'm one of them. Yeah. I have never seen an episode uh, of Game of Thrones. Are you a vegan also? Oh. Yes, I am. I've never seen any episode of Game of Thrones either. I, yeah. So. But I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not jumping on a, on a on a parade float telling no, people that. Me though. either. Me either. I'm not like proud of it. I just I just don't. That's like the new I voted sticker. Yes. Right. Like that's what that is. Right. <laughs> but it just, it's just not, you know, here's the thing, you know, and that, that's the problem I have is there's so much out there now. We, we're we're overloaded with media now, um, and we've said this before. Like you know, streaming services are really great. You have all this variety, you have all these things out there that you can watch. And the problem I run into, and this is what Amber screams at me about too. Like just the other night, she started yelling at me about this because I'm sitting there just flicking this that sound that tick 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 tick. You're just going from you know one tile to the next, and she's like, "You've spent the last half an hour watching the Netflix menu. That's your entertainment. It seems like." We just settle on something, right? Right. Mm-hmm. The problem I have is just that. Um, Game of Thrones is like, what, 300 seasons now or something? It's, it's been going on since eight. 18. Seems like eight. Eight. It's eight seasons? Wow. Yeah. That's a, for me to start now, no, I can't do that. I'm sorry. They had all the seasons on sale at Best Buy for 20 bucks a piece. So I, can't I already that. had season one and two. I went and picked up three, four, five, and six Yeah. over the last week. And I've been watching them. I'm into season two now. So- it's a good show. It just takes a little bit mm-hmm. to get going. 
So, all right, Mara, what's yours this week? My suggested viewing is Cobra Kai. Oh God, I forgot that's back. Which um, I just started watching, so I, I didn't. They, I think the th- well, the second season is is out too, but I just started the first season. I'm almost done with it, but it's really good. Like, it's awesome. I didn't know what to expect. Well, Mike started watching it. He watched the first two episodes, and then he was like, "You got to watch this with me." I don't know what you think of it, and we just both love it. It's very addicting. It's like 20, 25 minute show, uh, quick, fun. It's just like perfect. Johnny Lawrence and uh, <laughs> Daniel Russo. You know, Johnny Lawrence is like loser. His life's a shambles. He decides to open up a dojo <clears throat> in the same town. Daniel Russo is a successful car dealership. Yes. And he's got like, you know, he uses the whole gimmick, like kick the competition and he gives a free bonsai tree with every car it's purchased. It's great. And it's like, yeah. it's just like, it's kind of tongue in cheek, but it's also like very, like got so much like sincerity to it. That's like really like the movie, a lot of the same themes and. I love it. Can't yeah, they, get enough of it. I got to watch. I watched like the first like three episodes they had mm-hmm. on like the YouTube and YouTube right. And then you had to like yeah. purchase it, and I'm like, no, I'm not giving you people money. So I just kind of dropped it like a bad habit. Yeah. But I did it. I mean, I really, I won't lie. I was like, well, I'm getting into this. Yeah. Like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you start rooting for. You know, you're literally rooting for the bad guy now. Yeah. That's that's you know even in those couple episodes I got into, I'm like. Well, this, you know, Danny LaRusso is just this pompous car salesman right. now. They flip-flopped. They mm-hmm. flip-flopped. And I thought that, you know, and that's super cool. I mean, and that's like one of, dare I say, it's kind of like another reboot, but it's like, well, it, it, we're kind of continuing the story. You know, I know right. it's like a it's reboot idea. It's a sequel. We're bringing this thing back, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, but we're telling another, we're, we're continuing the story. And at the same time, it's kind of like, well, justice truly was served like Johnny. Is that what his name mm-hmm. was? Uh, you know, Yeah. His whole life was his childhood. That's all he could cling on to, and it ate him up, mm-hmm. and he didn't do anything with himself. Like, mm-hmm. that ruined him. He couldn't do anything past that because that's all that mattered to him. That's all he was as a person. You know, and that's all I, I mean. I didn't watch the entire series, mm-hmm. but that's it's very easy to ex- extrapolate that as far as, you know, a, a character profile. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, I'm sure someday I'll I'll catch it. I'll get on to it oh, somehow. You and I and I'll watch it. But that was super cool. It gets more into it too. I mean, and that's a great thing you said a character profile because that's kind of what the show is. It's a very interesting character study because you got him and Danny and then they both have kids of their own yeah. and and spouses and ex-spouses and then there's this other kid who doesn't have a father figure who latches on to Johnny and mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's you know, oh, and then uh, LaRusso's daughter and her friends and their drama. It's it's yeah. really cool. So you have, and this is all spawned from two people that we saw a story with these two people when they were children mm-hmm. yeah. what, 20, 30 years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's interesting to see, you know, people, you know, they've grown up. And, and the main theme seems to be like bullying and how people mm-hmm. respond to bullying and how you can stand up for yourself and stand up for your friends and which is pretty much what Karate Kid was about to begin with. So. I think that's, well, that, and that's what that idea was, was, uh, you know, seeing that movie when we, you know, I know Chris and I saw that literally in the theater. In the theater. Uh, mm-hmm. And we all wanted to be getting to karate after that. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you know, I want to learn karate now. I, was like, I want to beat up the, the bullies. Because, yeah, we, I think we all could identify with, you right. know, with that. We all had that, you know, grew up around that. I know I had, a, I was bullied. Uh, I'm not crying about it, uh, but I mean, I was bullied, and yeah, it's like, well, there, yeah, this. I think everybody was bullied in some shape. Or yeah, fashion. but this little Except guy, for the bullies, the little yeah. guy, yeah, 
the little guy, uh, you know, he won. Mm-hmm. The bully or the bully, whatever the guy being bullied, uh, he mm-hmm. won. So that's yeah, that was quite a story. Uh, you know, and then there was part two. Wasn't there a part three? Also, yeah, and yeah. then there was the next Karate Kid with Hillary Swank. With Hillary Swank didn't see that. Mm, me either. It had her in Clint Eastwood in it. And she, I remember part and two. she got paralyzed. Part two, <laughs> really wrong movie. <laughs> oh, oh no, no. that was million dollar baby, million dollar Karate Kid. Part two, I remember when when we were kids, when part two came out, and what's his name, the the Cobra Kai guy, uh, when him and Mr. Miyagi got into it in the parking yeah. lot, you know, Mr. Miyagi's just cool as a cucumber, mm-hmm. and every every like my friends went to the theater and saw it, and they were all like, oh my God, you got to see the first scene, it's insane, the guy just like, his hands is disgusting, because he pushed his, you know, he slammed his hand through, yeah. and his oh, hand yeah. was all bloody, and it was like, that. that was pretty nasty, yeah. it was pretty gnarly to look at when you're a little kid, you know. That was intense, I remember that, seeing that too when I was a kid. So yeah, Cobra Kai, good pick. All right, give us one because we're already twenty five minutes in. <laughs> um, in the ever quest uh, for my for, to trying to get my my mental health back in order, I did it again this weekend because Amber started yelling at me. She's like, "You're gonna watch a comedy and you're gonna like it." Yeah, I'm like, "All right, fine." And she kept saying Baywatch. Oh, I'm like, "Look, it's okay, so good." Look, I didn't watch the TV show. I thought it was ridiculous. It was. Im- I, I remember watching it I'm like, I'm embarrassed. Like, this is so bad, I'm I'm embarrassed. And I know Hasselhoff and all that stuff. I'm embarrassed. You know, and I always, like, am so apprehensive about seeing a movie with, with Dwayne, with The Rock, with Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. I'm always so apprehensive. And every time I do that, like, I don't want to, he's got The Rock in it. It's the guy's a dumb wrestler. And I watch it, and I'm dying. I'm cracking up. I'm it's hilarious, apart. like yeah. the 21 Jump Street movies. Or like Pain and Gain. He was hilarious in Pain and Gain. And Baywatch did not disappoint. As far as just a fun hour and a half, not a big investment of time, thank goodness. Uh, hilarious comedy. Mm-hmm. I was dying. you know. And Amber was laughing with me. She's like, I told you you were going to have fun with this thing. There's a couple of scenes that I guess we can't mention now. Um, it's just I was falling apart. I, I literally was falling off the table. You know, here, lift, yeah. That, yeah, lift it up. Yeah, check in there really good. Check in there. Right, right. Okay. And he grabs the phone. I died. Now, I'm, it's I, hilarious. I, I'm trying. I I died. I was I was falling off the couch, like falling off the couch. This is better. You're trying to be like yeah. polite about it. You're it's like to be coy about it. <laughs> but when he grabbed My imagination is going exactly. wild. But when he grabbed his phone and put it up there, I fell off the, the, the couch. I'm like, this is great. So I, that's my suggestion. If you haven't seen Baywatch... Check it out. It was a fun watch. I mean, it's not something I'm gonna I'm gonna buy like the special edition forty disc Blu-ray set on watch all the extras. But you know, whatever. I mean, it was fun to watch. Baywatch, get it. So Mother's Day is Sunday. Yes, it is. And we are kicking around ideas for this week. And Mara was like, "Movie moms." Yes. So that's what we're talking about. We never touched that one before. Good or bad doesn't matter. Moms in movies. So I'm going to kick this bastard off. <laughs> See, I didn't really swear. I said bastard. Is the, is bastard in the is, is the B word in the algorithm? I think now? that'll get through. I think, yeah. So we got yeah. one B word. We got one S word now. Yeah, I think Let's that'll try, be okay. I think we'll try to keep it at that. All right, yeah. cool. Okay. What we'll do you got? <laughs> we're, in our, we're in our cap. <laughs> we reach our bandwidth Somebody limit. get the jar <laughs> out. Yeah, I was just going to say, we need a swear jar. A swear jar. <laughs> oh, a swear jar would be great right now. Yeah. So... The first movie mom that I'm going to mention is probably the ultimate movie mom. You say it, who I think it is. I'm terrible, terrible mom. Mommy Dearest, oh. 1981. Christina Crawford. Faye Dunaway playing Joan Crawford. Yeah. 
Joan Crawford. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Joan Crawford. Christina Crawford's the daughter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What a movie. I mean, the entire Very movie good. is about the emotional burnout of Joan Crawford yeah. just being a terrible, terrible physically and mentally abusive mom, alcohol problems, the whole deal. But this one, I mean, this movie sticks out for me. It does. It's, it's, and you know, it was one of those ones that was in heavy rotation, like on HBO, HBO. big time when we were kids. No so wire hangers. There was no way you were not able to, to watch that movie. Um, and yeah, the wire hanger thing, that's stuck in, I mean, I don't know anybody who grew up in that era who don't, when they see a wire hanger, they don't kind of go, <laughs> and kind of like, and put the cross up and stuff, because for some reason, and I can see why. Let's talk about wire hangers for a second here, because it, it, it begs <laughs> to be discussed. Um, I have some wire hangers, like in the back of my closet, hidden away, because God forget, I don't want anybody to see them. Uh, and I've tried to use them, and they suck. They're terrible. Yes, I can they un- are. I can understand, like, you know, and that's just for me, like, with my concert T-shirts. You know, they aren't really worth that much money. I imagine if you have, like, a $1,000 blouse or whatever you have, mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to use a wire hanger. So I have all these really <laughs> expensive hangers now that, that was bought for me that I use for my concert T-shirts because there's no wire hangers in my house because of this movie. I I mean, really, it, oh, it's all I, I can think the of. The abuse I, worked, like, to you through yeah. that. I, yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm with you, you know? Channel I agree with you. Yeah. But you know what? I... I, I I'm a huge Joan Crawford fan, so I know quite a bit about her. But I guess the reason why she didn't like the hangers is because um, she grew up real poor. Her mother had all these odd jobs, and at one point she worked at a, a laundry or a dry cleaners laundromat. Yeah, laundromat. So that made her, you know, remember those times, and she was very didn't. You know, yeah, everything came. Everything still it. comes on. Yeah. The, the rare time I go to a laundromat to do anything, have anything cleaned. Um, they come out in wire hangers. Still. Yeah. But they're the, mm-hmm. they're the nice wire hangers with the paper, the paper. on there. It mm-hmm. says, we love you. They have like the heart on yes. there a lot of time. We, we love our customers. We love you so much. We give you crappy wire hangers. Yeah, with paper on them. To beat your children with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what she did in that movie. She beat that. Yeah. Oh, Faye she Dunaway was so She beat the H-E double great. hockey sticks out of those kids. That's like, that's a horror movie in some aspects. I it think. is. Especially when she, well, that scene, especially, she's, I think it's that scene where she's got the- the face mask on and the and the rollers and the and the thing that's that's like, terrifying. Yeah, it's just it sticks out to me still when I think about movie moms and ones that are always in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's this one, and obviously we're going to talk about a few other ones, but this one seriously, in this movie's addicting too. It is because yeah. she's so good yeah. in this movie, and um, Diana Scarwood who played Christina Crawford yeah. in the movie. She was great. Yeah. Very young, like teenage actress in yeah. this, and she was phenomenal. And they were they ran for their lives. They were running for their lives all the, te- all the time in that house, it seemed like. It was like a war zone in that house. You could always tell the kids were always literally like just waiting for something bad to happen. Uh, they were always just kind of nervous, and the anxiety level was there. You could feel all that in the movie. Um, Joan, you know... They, you know, her obsessiveness, like just the scenes where she broke up with the guy. I, I don't know all the, the names, but she broke up with a guy. So she had demanded like her, her assistants helped her cut this guy's face out of all of her pictures. If you guys remember, mm-hmm. they just sat there cutting mm-hmm. this guy's face out of all the pictures and her use of profanity also. I know we can't use it here anymore, but she <laughs> used it in that movie. Came in a bag. There's, there's scenes where she just like, just laid into it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, this, it's supposed to be this, 
you know, this, this dame, like, you know, this, I don't know what the word is, like, you know, this starlet, this diva, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, using that language, it's like, it, it was a really weird juxtaposition. And that's coming from, like, having watched this movie in many, many years. But, yeah, you really, that's a hard one to follow up, man. It's <laughs> a hard that's one a to follow movie. up. It's an insanely good movie. And, yeah, that, that character, oh, my God, dude. Mara. Mara. Yeah. I want to say one more thing about that. That was on yeah. my list too. Um, so written that's based on the book written by your daughter. And um not to take anything away from that girl, but I just want to point out that there's three other children that Joan Crawford had that don't that say that that's not what the house was really like when she they were growing up. And it's really? highly dramatized. Yeah. Really? Yeah. A good movie, regardless. It is, it is, and it's like <laughs> it's tough too because it's like I, I personally I don't know what to believe because this girl's saying this thing and I don't want to say like, well, what maybe you were a brat and you deserved it, you know? Like I I wouldn't, but you know, that uh, situation her... is a lot like the Kennedy assassination. We'll never know. Yeah, there's just no way to know. Yeah, there isn't. Yeah, there isn't. What do you got? Um, serial mom. Another one with mom in the title. Oh yeah, I never saw that one. Now, yeah, I think it's uh, Beverly Sutphin is her name. Kathleen Turner, one of the best moms I think in cinema history. She, you know, she she goes above and beyond. She loves her children so much that she literally kills for them. Um, John Waters, obviously, great movie. You've yeah, you, neither of you I've have seen, seen this? this. Okay, yeah, <clears throat> Kathleen Turner, right? Yeah, yep. Kathleen Turner, Turner in the heyday. Of okay. Kathleen Turner. Mm-hmm. 90s Kathleen Turner. Okay. Yeah. She's just prim proper, you know, perfect storybook family. All of a sudden, you just, you know, you find out she is everyone who wrongs her. She's killing. There's, you know, the person who chews gum, the guy who doesn't wear his seatbelt, <laughs> like the guy who stands up her daughter, who's Ricky Lake. Uh, she's great in it, too. Who I, I can get behind that. that. Sam Waters mm-hmm. since her husband. Matthew Lillard, I think that's one of his early roles as as is the son. Okay. I really like him. Yeah, he's good in it. He plays like a horror fanatic, uh, who works at a video store, so he's kind of like the he kinda figures it out because he's the one who has all the knowledge of that kind of thing. And, and this was prior to Scream too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 If if you haven't seen it, go see that one. That's a great mom. And then I don't want to give anything away about it, but L7's in it too, my favorite band. Oh, and last year I actually, John Waters was here for his birth. He was here this year too. I, I didn't go because I was uh, seeing the Misfits in Chicago, but last year he was here and he did a live commentary to Serial Mom. Oh, wow. And yeah, that was really neat. And it was really sweet because he, he said that it was his mom's favorite movie of his and he had like had a lot of inspiration about his own mom, and he talked a lot about that. And yeah, that was a great experience. And this one's got a pretty big cult following too. Serial oh, yeah. mom. Yeah. Yep. Yes. I'll have to see that. All right, Scott. I have a two-pronged attack here on this one. <laughs> it, well, in interest of time, also. Oh. Huh. Um, so. You know, I, and this was a really cool topic, I have to say, because when I when I started looking into this, I'm thinking, man, this is going to be kind of a challenging one. And then, of course, I started doing my research. I'm like, wow, there's a million movies I've seen that have these great mother characters. And one of my all-time favorites, you know, is Sally Field. Now, there's two movies she did that I've mm-hmm. seen. 
that I especially loved. We'll start with the less obvious one when she played uh, Malin uh, Eatenden uh, in Steel Magnolias. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you've seen that movie, you know, it's it's one of the more, I don't even know, chick flick. <laughs> it's a it chick is, flick, it right? Is. Mm-hmm. I, I remember seeing it. And I, you know, it's a really funny movie. Um, you know, and, and it's also a very sad movie. Uh, I actually just for you know for research purposes, I just kind of hit the YouTube's today and watched a couple of the key, you know, key scenes in the movie, uh, especially the scene when they're actually at the cemetery where she just melts down finally. Her daughter dies, and all of her friends, you know, all the you know, they're all there, and her daughter dies, and you know, she's trying to play it hard, like I'm fine, I'm cool, and then she just melts down, right, and starts screaming and crying, and you know. It's to me one of the. It's a great. It's one of my. I, you know, I, going back to it, it's, it's one of my favorite scenes I think I've seen in a movie because, um, she's screaming like I just want to hit something. You know, she goes through this whole thing like her child will never know how wonderful she was and all these things. I mean, literally within that three minutes, I started to choke up a little bit while I was you know just sitting there on my computer. That's how good it was. Uh, and she said, "I just want to hit something. I just want to hit something." And then one of the ladies grabs the other and says, "Hit her." Hit her because those two are always going back and forth, yeah. right? And you hit her, you'll do the whole world a favor. Beat the hell out of her. And, so and, and the whole group, like Dolly Parton's in this movie too. They're all just like, you know. And then like the comedy relief just kind of kind of starts to swell up in the scene, and they all start cracking up laughing, you know. And it, it's just this beautiful three minutes in this movie where you see Sally Field, at, in my opinion, at her absolute finest. So if you haven't seen Steel Magnolias, um, it's a great movie all around. It's, it's a wonderful comedy, and it's, it's a heartwarming film. It's a, heart, it's a tearjerker, mm-hmm. too. I mean, bring some tissue. You're going to need it. Yeah, it's sad. Um, and then she also played Mrs. Gump. Mm-hmm. I, if you haven't seen this movie, where have you been, Forrest Gump? Um, what's there to say? I mean, that's another one. Like, damn, dude, like, you know. Mama, what's wrong? <laughs> well, I'm dying. I'm like, oh, you can't die. No, no, no. But, you know, that spans her entire life with her son. And, you know, there's, of course, you know, the funny scenes like, you know, he's on vacation, you know, and then the next scene, eh, eh, you know, we've okay, got to be careful. Got to be careful, you know, and all that stuff. <laughs> but it's all famous stuff. Sally Field just played another in that movie again. I mean, it, that don't need a lot of explanation. That if was, you haven't seen Forrest Gump, that movie's incredible, man. That was just one of those mom roles where, you know, she was basically willing to sacrifice anything for her son to have a great life. And that's what mm-hmm. that's what the whole point was. I mean, it's comedic. Yeah, you laugh about it. You're like, well, that's kind of brash. But, but it's, it's real. Like she's doing what she has to do because you're the same. You are the same, Forrest. Don't anybody tell you any different, right? And that's what, mm-hmm. you know, they should, they, they, you know, in the story that was established that she worked very hard. She knew her son was eccentric. Uh, and she worked very hard to make sure that he would have all the same opportunities any child would have, no matter what. Um, Sally Field all around, I mean, you know, Smokey the Bandit, for God's sake. I mean, going back to, you know, the young, I mean, she's done so much. And I don't know anybody. It's like, oh, yeah, Sally Fields, what a bullshit actress. No, everybody loves Sally Field, I think. And as a mother, she's perfect. Uh, she just you know, nailed those mm-hmm. two roles to the wall. There's this thing about Sally Field. She's very um, everyday, but she's gorgeous, too. Yeah. yeah. She's yeah. a beautiful woman. Yeah. And she just has this thing of bringing across this just 
you nice There's everyday an honesty about her. An, total honesty honest about characters. Her. Yeah, yeah, total honesty about her. She's somebody like you watch on the screen and go, "I'd like to have a beer with her. I'd like to have yeah, a drink with her." She'd want to hang out, and she yeah, and she, she would seems real. She'd sit there and have a really awesome conversation, like like Patrick Stewart's another one of those guys. I know it's unrelated, but that's another one of those guys. I've you know I've watched everything he's ever done, just about, and I just would love. I think I'm confident that if a hey Patrick, you want to have a drink and and just talk about life? Oh yeah, he'd love to. And you'd sit oh, there freaking out, you know. That's a dream of mine. Yeah, fifteen minutes in. <laughs> oh you, my, yeah. Fifteen minutes in, you wouldn't feel like you're talking to Patrick Stewart or Sally Fields. It's mm-hmm. the same thing, right? Um, you'd feel like you're just talking with somebody. You're, you're hanging out with somebody. You don't. You wouldn't be starstruck anymore. Right. right. And that's yeah. There's that honesty about yeah. people like that. You know, whether they're acting or whether they're just people, you you feel that in their work. And Sally Field, I think, is just one of them. And those two movies are just fantastic movies. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Moving along. Mm-hmm. So my next pick is different. She's big, she's bad, and she birthed a lot of little babies that bleed acid all over the place. Oh, you're kidding me, dude. I'm going with the Xenomorph Queen from Aliens. There you go. Now, now she you really is, threw a curveball into she this She is the mother of all mothers. I mean, she just hatched all those baby Xenos, and without her, aliens just wouldn't exist. Very true. So, I really can't say much about her well, because not, I there, don't there, there know much, much of about a character her. profile there. No. <laughs> <laughs> but That's I'm all like, you get. I'm like, hmm. Let's think of a different one. Yeah, Xeno Queen. There's certain things, you know, in, in <laughs> Aliens, when 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 Ripley walks into the hive to get Newt. Remember when they, when they she yeah, got yeah. lost. That's a really intense scene, obviously. But one of the things that you notice if you if you listen close, like. She walks in there and she don't know what the hell. She just sees a bunch of eggs. And then, you know, the alien queen rears her head and she breathes in. You hear like this hiss, but yeah. it's like her breathing. And I'm like, well, they breathe. You know, so I'm always trying to figure out what a xenomorph is. Mm-hmm. And she, there was, if you listen to this, she just does this really wicked inhale and you hear her breathing. And it's like, well, the funny thing creepy. about the xenomorph queen to me is realistically, is she really bad or is she just trying to have as many babies as she can have? Yeah. That's what and, a hive is. And colonize yeah. this plant, colonize LV426. That's all she cares it's just about. like basic instinct. Yeah. And Survival. she's, once her babies start getting slaughtered, she's pissed. Mm. And that's when the whole conflict really takes off between Ripley and and the queen. So it's just kind of like the same thing with like the rebels or the empire. Really, which side is bad? Well, mm-hmm. and there's always you been know? that discussion in the movies too. You know, you hear Ripley have those conversations with people saying, you know, I don't know who the real enemy is here. You don't see them as in pointing towards these, you know, screwing each other over right, left right. like like we do as people. They exist. I don't think a xenomorph, I mean, and we're talking total fan fiction stuff here. Well, yeah, but like, yeah. I, I but personally, you know, if you want to equate, which I think there are a lot of trait characteristics with the xenomorph as, as a species, where they are very much hive-like, they're they're much like they're much like ants and things like that that have a queen, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, like you said, I don't know what their motivation is. I think they're, but I think their basic, the basic ideas that work within their minds, whatever they may be, is this hive mentality. And when they see the hive being threatened. They they will defend the hive at all costs mm-hmm. because that is their genetic makeup is simply expand the hive, 
and if this is going against yeah. our primary directive here, then we have to neutralize that threat. So I don't think she really, you know, we do see, you know, as a mother, we do see in that horrible uh, resurrection. Yeah. We do see this bit of, they tried to mix this humanity in with the alien queen when they have like the alien human hybrid that comes out and you see that beautiful scene where the such a beautiful oh yeah beautiful brad dorf baby. brad dorf is tripping me out there. Yeah, I mean, as bad as that movie creeper. is brad dorf rules um and but you see like the bait the, the, the baby well it's this grotesque thing walk up to the mother in a the hybrid yeah well the yeah the hybrid walk up to the mother the queen and you see this little bit of Affection. Affection. And then he knocks her jaw off. And then yeah. Move along. Right. <laughs> but, so I just wanted to throw a weird that's one a, out there. That's one hell of a... Mara, I never thought about that in a million it's years. It's all you. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Going to take a, a hard left from that. Uh, <laughs> that's not hard. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Imitation of Life, 1959, the Douglas Sirk one. I never saw the earlier one with... Uh, what's her name there? Uh, Claudette Colbert. It's one yeah. I did not see either. Yeah. Um, and, and this one's good because it's about two moms and two daughters who live together and um, race is involved because it's a black mother and daughter yeah. and a white mother and daughter. And um, it's just it's really good to sh- it, 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 the friendship, the relationship between the two mothers, the relationship between the two daughters um the the familial unit that like they make the four of them and then like the relationships the daughters have with both the mothers too it's like it's it's very layered it's got a lot going on um i think the biggest theme that's like really sad in it is that um the the uh black daughter with uh, Juanita Moore is the mother Sarah Mm -hmm. Jane is the daughter's name um she is very light-skinned, so she is in denial about who she is and who her mom is and yeah. is hiding from it. And um, the whole time, that mom just wants what's best for that girl, and she just does anything she can, and she tries to be so supportive. And um, she ends up running away and like becoming a showgirl, and she finds her, and she's like... I'm your mom. I'm here to see you. You're my baby and everything. And she's like, if you really love me, you'll just pretend that you're not my mom because I can pass. I'm light skinned. If people think you're my mom, they're going to know who I am. And if you just love me, just pretend like you don't know me. And she does. Like, that's how much this woman, like, just wants what's best for her daughter that she just goes, okay. It's brutal. Okay. And calls her, you know, her friend comes in, she calls her a different name and she goes, Oh yeah, she she helped raise me. She was you know the maid in our house when I grew up. Oh my god! Yeah, and she just, she just goes along with it, and it's it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking that she's treating her mom that way, and that she Ooh. just you know. I've never seen this movie. Oh, it's so good, so good. Imitation of life. Yeah, and then you get the other side with Lana Turner, and she's trying to be an actress, and and um, she's kind of constantly. Uh, you know, and not not because she doesn't love her or doesn't want to be around her, but she kind of pushes away her daughter as she's growing up. She's got you know, she's got roles, you know, and she's do uh, she's going to be in movies or not in movies. She's a stage actress, so she's constantly doing that and kind of, and being like, well, now I'm going to spend time with you, but oh wait, I got a role, I got, I have to go, and so there's that conflict with them, and 
it it's it's a great it's a great sounds movie. heavy as f yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is it, it's very heavy and for 1959 for them to be talking about race like that yeah. being very you know i mean it does some things that are pretty cringeworthy you know by our standards but that we're talking how many years ago 60 years ago yeah 60 years ago they're for that time they're being pretty progressive about stuff yeah yeah sounds too sounds very heavy it is and i also i would love you know talking about all these reboots and remakes i'd love to see a remake of this one because of that and also because it almost seems that they're almost trying to have like a, a homosexual subtext to it too like they might have a relationship together in that yeah. way because they they they're a family unit and at the very end you can see that they they were a family the four of them even with the cultural shift we've seen it might be easier to oh yeah push that out there yeah and i even think at the time that was kind of maybe what they were going for because there's a there's a man in the story too and he's kind he's a little bit of a love interest to Lana Turner and then her daughter ends up like kind of liking him too and thinking she has a chance with him but like he's doesn't really matter all that much so i, yeah. I always kind of thought like sounds really interesting yeah i mean Douglas Sirk is one of my favorite filmmakers i haven't i don't think i've seen any i haven't seen all of his movies i don't think i've seen anything yeah. he's done i didn't I absolutely just blow me away but visually too, just to, that movie and the acting, and then the 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 high melodrama. It's, yeah, I I'm cry. Have to find this one and steal it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, steal it, <laughs> steal it. It'll make you cry too. At least, at least at the at the end, you'll cry. At least once at the end. I don't need to cry anymore. Well, I've cried you, enough. Watch it when <laughs> you, watch it when you need a good cry. You'll yeah. feel like really satisfied <laughs> after. All right. Well, here's one. Speaking of cries. Uh-oh. Um, Helen Hunt, she played Carol Connolly in As Good As It Gets. Oh, yeah. Another movie that I just, when I was younger, I had it in rotation. You know, and again, another, I guess you'd call it a chick flick. Uh, Is it? I don't know. It's a, That one really kind of blurs the lines. Yeah. Um, you know, Jack Nicholson's in it, and he's intense. He is so intense he's in that so movie. Mean. He's so damn mean. Um, I love him in that, though. But, you know... Helen Hunt's another one of those actresses for me too. She's just got another. There's a lot of honesty in her in her delivery too. I think, uh, and I love her especially in this movie. I mean, it's probably my favorite movie I've ever seen with Helen Hunt in it. Um, and to watch what she goes through, like the struggles mm-hmm. she has as a mother, uh, and to watch all these characters work together, it's a you know, it's, it's kind of a complicated story. You have you really only have three key players in the story. But all three of them have very complicated lives, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that they, and it's a pretty brilliantly written script, in my mm-hmm. opinion, because there's a lot of stuff that they have to navigate to get these people where you know where they want to go, right? And to watch how these people also transform, um, you know, and like you said, Jack Nicholson, where he starts at um, in that movie and mm-hmm. where he ends up, uh, it took a lot of work to get there, I think. Uh, and Helen Hunt, you know, she obviously was a big part in that. Uh, Jack Nicholson, yeah. There's some intense scenes in that movie, um, cause, you know, because Carol Connolly, let's just say the character, she's a waitress at, at the at the restaurant that that's right that Jack Nicholson go to. Of course, I forget his character's name, but um, Melvin Udall. Thank you. He's a, he's a writer. I work all the time. <laughs> you know, it just. <laughs> 
insane. Uh, and, and he's very racist. He's very homophobic also in this movie. And we get to see, you know, this transformation in somebody. Like when they're actually faced with someone mm-hmm. that they, you know, they, they are dealing with someone, they kind of, you know, they, they learn. You know, and I think a lot of people go through that too. Mm-hmm. I know I have I, growing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like watching like a scene, for example, in the restaurant I mentioned, um, where he just makes stupid comments. Like he's very impulsive. He obviously... This is the movie that made me realize, I hate to say this, made me realize I had elements of a, of, of a obsessive compulsive disorder. This is the movie, you know, I didn't own it. It's who I am. I'm going to be that. No. <laughs> when I watched that movie, I watched the Own things, it, my friend. I watched, I watched the movie, you know, the things that Jack Nicholson's character, what Melvin mm-hmm. was doing when he come into his apartment, have to turn the key three yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, And only use a bar of soap for each hand wash. There's all these little things. And he also had a very strict way of ordering his food. But he also had these impulsive things where he would just say stupid things, right? Mm-hmm. And um, there's a couple scenes where Carol calls him on it. You know, and there is that scene, like, if you ever say anything about my son ever again, you won't be allowed to eat here. And, like, he just see him kind of go, he made the comment oh. and he knew he messed up. You see yeah. his face sink. Yeah. And you see her just kind of go. And then she just lays into him and says some things we can't say on the show anymore. So... Um, <laughs> That is a really complicated story. Carol Connolly is a really complicated character also. Trying to, you know, living with her mother, she had all these plans. And, you know, you, you find out, like, you know, she had all these plans with her life, but then she got pregnant. Right. And that changed everything, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's a really great story. If you haven't seen um, As Good As It Gets, you know, it's a classic. In my, it's a, It is a classic now. Uh, classic Jack yeah. Nicholson, like. Classic Jack Nicholson in his element, being a complete maniac. Well, this had like Cuba Gooding Jr. and Greg Kinnear. Yeah, Cuba. Oh, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Happy, happy, happy. This movie was. My fun. grandma's got more attitude than you. Yeah, that that yeah. Cuba Gooding Jr. was awesome in that movie. Yeah, there's just so much yeah, about that was this a good movie. This was really like the beginning of Greg Kinnear kind of coming out of the the E right stuff. Like he was mostly like a talk show host almost. He was, a talk, yeah. he was the um, talk the soup. soup. Yeah, yeah. You talk about tearjerker. Like after he got mugged. Oh, yeah. And he just looks in the mirror at himself. He's like, where did I go? Because his face was so messed up. Yeah. And he's like, that that line, like, where did I go? I was like, yeah. if you don't go, oh, my God, that's so painful yeah. to see someone go through that. It's a, it's a movie that has a lot of jerks around like that where you you think things are going to let up and then you're like, oh, something bad happened again. Damn it. So, yeah, I can't say enough good things about that. Helen Hunt's delivery. Man, what a cool flick. And it's great. It's a great coming of age type thing for people who are older. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, these are older people and they still have a lot of growing to do and you kind of get to see them grow. Well, it's cool to show that someone can, you know, and someone would be willing and they can. Yeah, yeah. It's like you never stop. You never yeah. stop learning. You never stop changing. Yeah. And I, that's Unless you want to. That's what this movie really puts yeah. on display, I think. So, yeah, definitely. If you haven't seen As Good As It Gets, um, do you like movies? I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah, this is one. I mean, this is one you can watch multiple times. Too. Yeah, totally. I have. Oh my god. Me too. Yeah, they, I feel so, like they used to play it on TV all the time. All the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. What now? The next month. Ridiculous, <laughs> what ridiculous <laughs> idea are you going to have for this topic? Now, I have another ridiculous one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go more square with Give this us our one. Sweet one. I'm gonna go with Catherine O'Hara as Kate in the first Home Alone movie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't really know that she's necessarily a good mom, but I think she's a very overwhelmed mom. Yeah. And she's got all the cousins there and all her kids there and all the troubles going on and they're getting ready to leave for the trip. Distractions. Distractions. And she accidentally leaves Kevin at home. Wouldn't really happen. It's so unrealistic, especially in this day I'm and sure age. sure it has happened. Mm-hmm. There would be text messages and emails and phone calls in Twitter and whatever. Mm-hmm. Mom, you left me at home. Come back and get me. Yeah. But there's such a good core <laughs> to her. You know, I just think she's a really strong character in the movie. I think she's almost as important as Kevin. Mm-hmm. She goes through anything and everything, which any good parent would do to get back to their kid. I just don't know that they would leave their child in the first place. Yeah. Well, it's but a ridiculous premise. It is. It is. But I really like Catherine O'Hara in general. She has a really good comedic timing and she's always very heartfelt mm-hmm. with everything she does. Her delivery is just um you can't top it. She's when she great. finally gets home to Kevin, the connection between the two of them when they're like looking at each other when she's home, like that feels very real of I missed you. I'm sorry. I left you at home. Sorry. It's all right. It's not going to happen again. You know, and mm-hmm. then everybody mm-hmm. else comes home too. But I think this was a really strong character point for both of them. And I just, when you watch that movie, you really feel like Kevin and his mom have that son and mom like best friend kind of relationship Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i love her character in this movie and again she's played similar characters in the past but i think this is one of the strong points for her Mm -hmm. so that is my next mom okay yeah you know what and i I, that's why i queued up my phone and i'm not being rude oh no i know Catherine o'hara and i didn't want the reason i i wanted to look here because um oh my god didn't she play? Oh, I feel dumb now doing this on on the air like this. But she was not. The, she was not in Beetlejuice, was she? Yeah, yes, she was. She's the mom. Well, she was the, the stepmom. Stepmom in Beetlejuice. Yeah, yes. that's what made me think about that. Yeah, she was. Delia. No, I'm, I'm. And I may be thinking of somebody else for the ref. Is that Catherine O'Hare also, or is that somebody else? The ref. The mm. ref. I can tell I you right now. I think that's someone else. So yeah, look that up, Chris, because you got the fast. I think that thing. was Judy Davis. And yeah, that. you know what? I'm mixing those two up. They yep. look they look a bit alike. They I mean not alike, but they look similar. Um, but yeah, she was the stepmom though in Beetlejuice, which is, and it's kind of off. You know, it's kind of another offshoot of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the really the failure of even being a stepmom. Yeah. She completely just you know zoned out on on sleeping pills and drinking you know kind of just being an artist you know just right. total 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 quack uh you know we, we know how beetlejuice ends up which is another fantastic did they it's a great movie the ginger's kicking in <laughs> you can make it um they weren't they weren't rebooting that i heard they were going to try to they're, they're, no, they, they were, were going to do, do they were going to do a sequel but it's not happening thank god weren't they going to do alone. a broadway musical too Something, something cool. about that. but yeah. there was yeah. Tim Burton actually came out right after Dumbo a few weeks ago and said, "We tried, we just can't put it back together. It's just stop putting it out there." That we don't there was need be, it, really. We don't need it. Some of the one, just leave it as a one-off. Beetlejuice, it started, it ended, it's good. Yeah, they lived happily yeah. ever after. He got yeah. the cartoon. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
But I, I just made me think of, I know she was, yeah, she was in Beetlejuice also, but she kind of the opposite uh, of that, just very self-centered, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't really care about the child. Uh, and, and I, you know, an opposite of like the character from Home Alone in a certain way. Anyways, uh, Mara, what do you got? Okay. Um, now there's, I want to talk about Divine as a mom in general. Oh my God. Because she's played a mom or he has played a mom in so many John Waters movies. A bad mom, horrible mom in Female Trouble where she just, you know, <laughs> treats her daughter like crap. She, you know, completely neglects her and denies even wanting to be a mom because she's got to have her life of crime and beauty and everything. Yeah. And then she's in Pink Flamingos as a mom. I don't know if I would call her... I wouldn't call her a bad mom. I mean, she does what she's got to do for her kids. And she, you know, she's got her... Well, she's her one son. And then I especially love that one because she also lives with her mom, Edie, the egg lady. Yeah. So it's a very mom... (laughs) It's a very mom-centered story, and it's even though they're trying to be the most filthiest people alive, and they're nasty, and they do horrible things, they're they're all just they're all good with each other, and they're you know, she's a good mom. Yeah, she provides, and the big I would say her one of the biggest, and then her last two roles, polyester, um. That's the one where she really plays the mom and um, has to deal with uh, just a lot of bad stuff that happens to her. Her husband runs a porno theater that everyone gets, you know, she's talk of town about that. Her daughter is like the town tramp. Her son's the Baltimore foot stomper. He goes around and <laughs> stomps on ladies' feet. Oh. And... You know, she ends up meeting. Uh, what a horrific criminal! Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really funny, and she ends up meeting Tab Hunter. Oops, uh, rubbernecking at a car accident. <laughs> and you know, he's maybe make her whole life better and everything, and it, it's just great. It. If you haven't seen that one, go and see it, especially because if you watch something like Imitation of Life, Polyester is kind of like the perfect, I don't want to call it like a parody of it, because I I think there's a little bit of sincerity to it, but it is very, it's it's melodramatic. It's got a lot of the elements that those old, you know, women's pictures from the 50s do. It's one of the best ones. And then her final role... Is in hairspray. She plays Ricky Lake's mom in that one, and um, she's a she's an important part of that movie because she's very straight laced and strict at the beginning of that movie, and um, that movie is pretty much about segregation or the ending of seg- yeah, segregation. So she kind of is this like straight laced nervous person and doesn't really want her daughter to do anything it kind of breaks yeah. her own mold towards the end yeah and becomes more loose and you know proud of her daughter and supportive of her you know um dancing on the on the uh on the colored night that they had and yeah i will say this I love John Travolta in that role yeah. in the remake. That remake is actually really good. Yeah. It really, really is. Yeah, I saw so. I, I I enjoyed it. It wasn't bad. 
Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Scott? I, I got one I'm going to throw at you guys. It's a bit different. Okay. Terry yeah. Garr is Caroline Butler and Mr. Mom. <laughs> I was, and Michael Keaton also. Oh, did you have it on your list too? I was going to say Michael Keaton as Mr. Mom. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but, well, both those characters. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Terry Garr and Michael Keaton. I mean, obviously, it's another one, another classic. If you haven't seen Mr. Mom, come on, really. You don't I like surprisingly movies. haven't seen that oh one. Oh, my God. Maybe if I did, I saw it like forever ago. It's it has not flick. aged very yeah. well. No. Probably, yeah. But I that imagine. movie, I mean, <laughs> I love the message of the movie. You know, and it was during a time where you know, I remember, like, you know, there was this, and it still is a discussion, I think, now, but, you know, it's a different era, too, uh, where there was this movement where, you know, look, being a mother is just as hard as being, you know, being the, the breadwinner mm-hmm. also. Yes. Um, there was this thing that really, this movement that started happening at, at the time, and it may have been because of Mr. Mom, and this may have had a part, this movie may have had a part in that movement where, look, being a parent, or, you know, being a stay-at-home mother is very difficult. And we see Michael Keaton's character lose his job and be at home. Mm-hmm. And Terry Garr, Caroline, 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 Caroline Butler, um, goes to work. She leaves, right? And and you get to see all this hilarity. It's a comedy, obviously. We, but we get to see all this hilarity because he's never dealt with these things before. But it's also another He's great... never used a vacuum before. Yeah, yeah which I, I'm like, okay, this that's a little fantastical, too. I mean, but... Okay, fine. Um, but we, it's a great coming-of-age thing to see him grow into that, into that lifestyle, right? Where, you know, and that's where you get to see kind of like this beautiful montage of things happen where, yeah, like the first... You know, 45 minutes of the movie, he's a complete failure around the house. He's blowing stuff up. It's a total mess. Um, Caroline's coming home from work, and she's like, what is going on here? You know, <laughs> and then you see him grow into it. You know, like, the, you know, go, you're going the wrong way, you know, to the left for out or whatever, that whole thing. You see him grow into that. He becomes one of the parking guards. You see yeah. all these great little things happen through the movie, uh, and, and he grows. In, he just kind of grows into that character. So it's kind of a cool, like, back and forth thing where you, you know, Mr. Mom, obviously, uh, as the title alludes, he grows into this this character, and he becomes a great stay-at-home parent himself. The roles were totally reversed, and at that time, that was not really heard mm-hmm. of. Like that idea was not really. Now it's a, you know it's common Co- mm-hmm. couples. They, they it's just kind of fluid. You do whatever. Whoever wants to be the breadwinner, sometimes both of them are. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. It don't. It's much different now. But back then, this was kind of a radical idea. Um, and it was done great as far as comedy. Michael Keaton, this is the movie, I think, that really kind of maybe put him over. It was, did. It was this it did. movie. This it, is what yeah. pushed him out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Mr. Mom was a great flick. It was a lot of fun to watch. And coming-of-age type type movie, seeing someone grow into a role like that, that they had no idea how to do things. 220. Is that 220? 210. Whatever. Whatever. 210, 220, whatever it takes. I mean, that's a classic line. So, yeah, check it out. Grows the beard out, the flannel. Yeah. <laughs> he goes all out. His beard's a metamorphosis, man. In a couple months, it's going to look great. <laughs> just so many great lines in that movie. So check it out. You'll like Mr. Mom. All right. I'm going to go with another excellent, excellent mom. Switching up genres again. Mm-hmm. Joe Beth Williams. It has Diane Freeling. Right on my in list. Poltergeist. I'm glad mm-hmm. I, I was going to pick that one, and I'm glad I didn't. But yeah. it has to be said. It has to be said. I mean, this again, 
it's the same as like Catherine O'Hara in Home Alone. Jabeth Williams in Poltergeist. Dude. She is so good-hearted and so sweet, and all she cares about is protecting her mm-hmm. kids. They put her through hell, too. Yeah. They put her through hell. To, to but, film that. Oh, my God. Oh, I know. she had to do. Oh, my God. I mean, oh, really? that... Well, I mean, I guess I thought... The breakdown she has in the middle, like, when they yeah. get Carol Ann back, that's all yeah. real. Yeah. I've actually read stuff about that. Yeah. That she that's was a- actually, like, at the end of her rope mentally. They did. They put her through the ringer for that movie. Yeah. I... This is like the definition of a great mom in well, a movie. One example, not to cut you off, but one example, like that, what made her break like that was like the pool scene when they were. That's part yes. of the project, is they had a pool project going in the backyard. So when oh, they throw so her scary. in there, they didn't tell her. I was screaming when I, yes. I just saw that movie for the first time, like recently. So really? I, yeah. They didn't tell her those things were going to be in the oh, pool, the skeletons no. and stuff. They didn't tell. They just dumped her in there and said, yeah. show action. And they went after it. Her you acting all hysterical. You could tell. And she, it's real. It's very real. Her reactions are very authentic in mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. But what's there to say? I mean, what, what hasn't been said? It's oh, just, man. it's it's a great example. Again, this kind of falls back to that 80s thing. Hardworking dad buying this new house. Mom's staying at home, taking care of the kids. It kind of fits in line with mm-hmm. the the standard of what we've always known. It's the American dream. It's yeah. The total, total you know, family. Yeah, the it's nuclear American, family. The nuclear and family. You know? doing so well, they're going to get a pool. Right. You know? We're doing so well, we're going to get a yeah. pool. Little do we know that our house has been built on a burial ground. Yeah. Yikes. But the, again, the things she puts herself through in this movie to get Carol Ann mm-hmm. back it's 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 a true testament to what a real mother yeah. would probably would most mothers would do yeah. to get their child it's, back even at the cost of her own life against this crazy paranormal thing that's going on they in don't their under, house. They, they don't understand they don't even know. And that's what makes this thing so you know so hard to watch not in a bad way though is that you're you know we're talking about forces that you know no one really understands right and for her just to throw herself into it, literally mm-hmm. throw herself into it selflessly for nothing else but to get her child back, to make sure her child was safe. That's what makes that movie so important, I think. is just it isn't this isn't some, you know, some some creeper that went and kidnapped her daughter. These are forces they don't even know about. They don't understand. She's going into the other side, the other world, yeah, the I other mean, world to bring yeah. her daughter back. It was almost like a weird, like metaphorical, like birthing in it of itself because she had the thing like tied around her yes. and she was all goopy. So it was like she had an umbilical cord and like afterbirth, yeah. the ectoplasm exactly. and all that. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was like she had to like give birth again or like give birth to herself to get her is interesting i really think that was an analogy too oh yeah of course a total analogy because that what they used for that was just so viscous and it it, mm-hmm. it, it had like a red pinkish mm-hmm. hue to it after birth mm-hmm. um so it did have that look and I, you know i remember just you know there's another one of those ones we got to see in the theater we were spoiled rotten and um that, that really just was i don't know if it wasn't gross it didn't gross you out, but it disturbed you. Like, what right. the hell? That where was she at? Yeah, you're like, what is that? What membrane <laughs> did she go through, or what? Yeah. What is that? And I know it's ectoplasm. It's a scary ghost. It's an ectoplasm. Right, yeah, but that don't exist. But okay, <laughs> they call it ectoplasm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, what what the hell is it? 
what is it? And that's what we were all going, oh, my God. Visually, this movie was, you know, really set the standard, too. There were some things you so we saw in this movie that just were, like, never seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that came out of the wall, oh, never seen anything like that. And you'll never reproduce something that cool looking. Um, but that character, yeah. Um, I just want to give it up to Joe Beth Williams. Amazing. That is an amazing Craig T. Role. Nelson was great, too. Yeah. You, you know, as, mm-hmm. as a father, you know, I mean, I know Father's Day is coming up. Maybe we'll, we'll have we a We can talk Day about show. him on Father's Day. Mm-hmm. You moved the stones, but you didn't move the bodies. <laughs> 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 He's freaking out, dude. He yeah, so always great. Joe Beth Williams, That's yeah. Hundred, yeah, uh, totally behind that. All right, Mara, what you got? All right. Um, we talked about Faye Dunaway playing Joan Crawford. Now I want to talk about Joan Crawford herself in Straight Jacket. Um. That's a William Castle movie, if you guys know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of after his gimmicks, I guess, unless you want to count using Joan Crawford as a gimmick. Because she was kind of a walking gimmick. At that point, yeah. I mean, she had her... Uh, no, I think it was before... I can't remember if the base... I think that was after Baby Jane, whatever happened to Baby Jane. She started doing a lot of the same yeah. kind of freak-out roles. Well... Right? No, I mean not really. She just she just did a lot of she did horror, and that was with a lot of women her age at that time. That's all they really could get. All those actresses once they got a certain age, it was like you got to do the scary old lady thing. So that's one of these where she uh, supposedly had axe murdered her husband, chopped his head off with an axe because he was cheating. And um, went Sounds away. Sounds reasonable. Of course, <laughs> as you do, right? As you do. And uh, she was <laughs> she was put away in a um, mental home, I guess, or hospital, um, whatever it was. You know, so gently put in the sixties. And uh, she comes back. Her daughter is a teenager, young adult, and trying to gets gets like acclimated to uh, having a real life. But of course, you know she's unhinged and very just like not normal and weird things happen and is she crazy is she not gotta watch the movie to find out but i mean joan crawford again i mean not again but actually her as actually her (laughs) yeah playing this like kind of crazy kind of confused someone who hasn't been in general population and public for 20 years you know she she did it really good that combination of vulnerable but you're still kind of scared of her and i'd be scared of her yeah and she probably was actually drunk like the whole time and she she filmed it so probably like i am right now (laughs) oh i came here hammered oh yeah i can tell yeah (laughs) i'm high on life guys well, that's good. <laughs> it's good to be that way. We yeah. cannot do a show like this without mentioning Cher. Oh, yeah. Rusty Dennis. And Rocky. No, Rocky Dennis. Rocky Dennis was the was kid, the kid. Eric Stoltz. Rusty oh, Dennis. Okay. Rusty. And that, oh, sorry. Got gotcha. yeah, Rusty Dennis. She had another name. They, there was another name for her, too. I looked at it when I was looking at IMDb. I just threw Rusty Dennis down. Um, this is a complicated role, I think, as far as her character is concerned, too. With what you know, based on a true story, mask, um, Rocky Dennis, the story of Rocky Dennis, and this to me was very interesting because Rocky Dennis, you know, and you know, 
I know at the time when this movie came out, you know, Eric Stoltz played the role of Rocky Dennis. Um, the makeup work they did on him was like really a big deal. Like that was a real big deal. They, mm-hmm. they made it look so good uh, for what he actually had. Um, this is one of those, another one of those, you know, type of struggle films. And, you know, I know, I think that movie, the reason this movie was so powerful at the time and still is, is I think a lot of people identified with it too. Maybe people not with, um, you know, the extreme of an ailment that Rocky Dennis had, but people just, you know, that, you know, felt out of place. You know, maybe they, maybe they felt like they were too fat or too thin or they didn't look right. You know, growing up, people are, you know, kids are always awkward looking. You know, I see kids now and now I'm an old man and I see kids and I can tell awkward kids. Oh and yeah. I see them, you know, all over the place. I have an awkward kid. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, and they just, they grow into what they're going to grow into, but it's awkwardness. So I think people could identify with the, the, the you know, this this character Rocky Dennis, I also thought you know Cher. Now going back to her role, a single mother, uh, you know, having a special. He wasn't a special needs child necessarily. He was a perfectly functioning kid. Oh yeah, yeah. He just had you know they call it li- he said it lionitis the look of the lion. He would joke around and stuff like that. Um, but Cher's role uh, in this movie, you know, it, like she was a biker chick basically. You know, and that's where I thought things were kind of interesting because Sam Elliott's in this movie too. Gar, yeah, Gar. He plays her boyfriend. I knew that was going to happen. Whoops, sorry. You broke it. You I broke the show. I forgot to mute that. Yeah, you broke All the right. show. Anyway, uh, yeah, the Sam, first time I've ever forgotten that. There's a really, really unique scene in the movie that always sticks with me. Is like they're at the carnival, and they're going to do the bumper cars. And they come up on there, and the, the 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 carny guy looks at you know he's like I can't have sorry I can't I can't be responsible for the retard because <laughs> he doesn't yeah. know. And Gar Samuel he's like I'm not going to be responsible for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, okay, and they all got on there and they had the time of their lives, right? We saw this character though, and you know it's a struggle with Cher's character with with, with Rusty Dennis trying to you know let her know you know her kids loved. And that he has a life ahead of him, and you see this unfortunate metamorphosis of a child, uh, this child where he is starts out like happy-go-lucky. The story, mm-hmm. you know, he's just living his life, but then he falls in love, right? And through that, he realizes that he really is different. Like when he tries to do this thing, Shannon Dern's in the movie. I love you, Shannon. Call me. Um, <laughs> he realizes that, yeah. Um, you know, and his friend leaves. He has a friend that he has plans with to do a bike trip. There's all these little things, and they all start falling apart around him, and it makes him angry. You know, so unfortunately, the movie it's a, it's a downer of a flick. It's a total tearjerker. It sucks. Um, and yeah, at the end, when you know the tack board with all the places he wanted to buy a motorcycle with his friend and ride, Catman do yeah, and do and do a and do a bike. You know, do the do the trip. You know. That when he does die, he just ultimately just passed away. That's where you see the tax. She's like, now you can go anywhere you want. And it's like that. It's all over. I'm on the floor dying, rolling around, crying. But Cher really knocked it out of the ballpark. It's just this very, you know, trying to, you can tell there's always this, this jittery jitter about her that she's trying to keep it together for a kid, you know. But she's also trying to like, she also has, you know, a hard life. She's a hard, you know, she's a. I don't know what a biker babe. I don't know well, any nice way to I, say it. She's a partier. She's a partier. That's it. Yeah, I think that's the best way to put it. But there's you love know? there. Like the, the gang, like the mm-hmm. bikers there, they back them up. Like that's their boy. Yeah. You yeah. I mean, I think that's a cool, like these guys are like, no, you're our brother too. 
So they back him up. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a big family, basically, but, you know, unrelated. Uh, Cher, I thought, was just amazing in that movie, though. Just just her delivery. She's always good. Mm-hmm. At, well, she was always good in those dramatic roles. Now yeah. she's kind of, you know, falling off a little bit with that. Yeah, but yeah that, that movie was another. I think that was one of those ones also that kind of put her over as an actress, too. That, that movie, Mask, because it was such a huge movie when it came out. Just because just how unique it was and how Eric Stoltz looked, the mm-hmm. makeup work they did, it really mm-hmm. kind of was shocking for people. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. To, and to see, you know, like the Elephant Man. You, know, you remember watching the Elephant Man for the first time? I mean, I'm not trying to, I mean, I'm sorry, it's the same thing. Remember yeah. seeing the Elephant Man the first time? Yeah. And you, the first thing you see, you walk in there is like, you know, this monster. And it yeah. scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. It scared the hell out of me. But then I watched the movie and watched how beautiful this man, you know, John, oh my God, John Merrick, John Merrick. Thank you very much. How, <laughs> how beautiful this man was and how other people found out how beautiful he was too. Right. And how much respect he did get from the right people. Not and the how intelligent people, he and was. And how right. intelligent mm-hmm. he was and how articulate he was too. And the same thing for Rocky Dennis. He was a, you know, a, this beautiful person. Unfortunately, yeah, he, he, but he passed away. That's what that, you know, life beats you down like that sometimes. All right. Getting too deep. Move along. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to be wrapping this up in a few minutes, so I'll, I'll power through this one. All right. Sarah Connor. Yeah, yeah Linda, Linda Hamilton, man. Yeah. Yeah, I was I mean, that's on my list, too. Talk about mm-hmm. an awesome mom. I mm-hmm. mean, she takes up weapons to protect her son mm-hmm. from Judgment Day and the Terminator. Yeah. You know, it's just, they're cool flicks. They really are. I like Linda Hamilton. I think it's too bad she doesn't do more. It's mm-hmm. going to be cool seeing her back in the new Terminator movie yeah, I'm that they're putting that. out. I yeah. think it's going to be pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. But totally. yeah, she was the same thing, you know, protect your son at all costs. But she's not just protecting her son. She's trying to protect the, the planet. Yeah, yeah. She's trying to save the, the future. She's trying to save the future, too. Yeah. So, I mean, she's like the mother of the world. She's yeah. got a real cool journey too cuz she's so different in the beginning <laughs> of Terminator. Yeah. than she is in Terminator 2. She goes from being she's very kicking everyone's yeah. behinds. Yeah, and cuz in the first one she's very innocent. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Doesn't yeah. really understand what's going on. And then by the second one she's physically fit. She's gone through all this training mm-hmm. and is ready to kick some booties mm-hmm. <laughs> i didn't say it but yeah so i'm gonna go with sarah connor you know look at going back to mass for a minute look on your let's double check this because i i may have I, I i i'm sorry to do this in the middle of the show but i don't care look up yeah look up eric stoltz on there what, what it says for his character because i was i when i cranked out my list today i just want to verify i was given the right name out and not made a complete fool of myself he was eric stoltz played rocky dennis Oh, yeah, and then Cher played Rusty Dennis. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with me? You're good. Move along. You're good. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm going with Sarah Connor from the Terminator series. Awesome. Hit it. Back to Cher. Mermaids. Oh, Oh, yeah. I think I saw that a long time ago. It's like, it's, okay, I I really remembered liking that one as a kid. I just rewatched it the other day. And because it was on Hulu and I was thinking about I was like, oh, I remember that being a really good mom movie. I'm going to watch that. It's on Hulu. And it was not as good of like a plot as I remember. It's based on a book. I kind of feel like eh, stuff is missing. I want to read the book now. But but Cher, she just she sells it. 
She really sells it. Again, just her delivery, her passion, you know, she really sells that character yeah. of being a single mom. She's um got pregnant, I guess, when you know, when she was young and she's, you know, has two different two kids from two different men and she has this history of just moving from town to town every time something gets embarrassing or too much for her and eventually yeah, she's, she's kind of transient yeah and and now it's like her daughter is the same age she was when she got pregnant and she's dealing with these emotions of having a crush on a boy of being at school in a new place and um danny devito's in that movie isn't he bob, no, hoskins. bob hoskins bob hoskins yeah he's great in that too winona ryder and christina ricci mm-hmm. i thought two. danny devito was in that nope no. Okay, I'm thinking of something else. I'm sorry. <laughs> you okay. better be sorry. Jeez, oh, Pete. <laughs> but uh, so ginger. she's like, she's embarrassed. Winona Ryder is embarrassed to share because she's wears a lot of makeup. She wears tight dresses. You know, she's she's fancy, you know, and yeah. just footloose and fancy free, you know. And Winona Ryder's like wants to be Catholic and she's just embarrassed and pushes her away and she has problems. And the whole time her her mom's kind of like, open up to me i'm the i'm the only one you have like you can talk to me and eventually she sees that that they're you know they have each other and that they're you know she can talk to her and they're Mm -hmm. the same but she's got to go through all this stuff on her own and uh, it's it's interesting movie it's interesting the relationships are good and shares great and really that's what makes it good other than that it's not that good though <laughs> but as far as like but like moms and you bring up share it's like yeah totally she yeah. is she's cool it's like she's one of those things oh, where it's cool like mom. yeah it's yeah. like it's like wow you you're like you're angry because your mom's cooler than you like that's what i kept thinking the whole yeah. time like winona Ryder's character's got the voiceover and the whole time I'm like, you're lame. Your mom's cool. You got to listen to her. Yeah. You're out stealing stuff, Winona. Yeah. <laughs> well, one more and we'll call well, it a night. Yeah, you got one, Scott. Uma Thurman, The Bride, Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. A subtle role. I mean, I would say it's a subtle. Well, it's, it's obvious that she's, you know, we find out, you know, in part two, I think, that she's actually a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you you realize if you watch part one, you see what she goes through, and you you think part one this is just a revenge thing. She just wants revenge, uh, but then in part two, you see yeah there's there's actually two motivations here. She of course wants revenge for the what these people have done to her, but she also wants her baby. Mm-hmm. She wants her child, right? And that's what you know. Bill took her child, so you know it's funny to watch that now. You know, I mean, even when I watched it for the first time. I mean, Uma Thurman plays literally the ultimate badass. I mean, she is. There's not really much to com- that's in her way. She removes any any obstacle, and that's what this whole thing was about. Was one obstacle after another. Um, you know, I, one of the things that you know Tori Hanzo says is like, revenge is not a straight road. There's a lot of curves in it, right? And that's what you see is her going over each obstacle to get to Bill. You know, and that's why the ending scene is just the last act of the movie. If you know, I, I know you've seen it, Chris, multiple um, times. the The last act of the scene. I mean, if you didn't like have your heart blow out of your chest when she comes in there just to kill Bill, and bang, bang, got you, mommy. You're like, what the hell? You know, because yep. you didn't know. You didn't know right, until right. the end. You know, there's that little thing in the in the beginning of part two where it's like, you know, Bill. 
it's your, you know, because she was obviously pregnant. Yes. You know, and that, and that whole story and whatnot. It's confusing because it's a goddamn Quentin Tarantino film. Crap, should have said that. Sorry. It's a GD. That's fine. Quentin Tarantino film. So it's, it's confusing. <laughs> but you see, you know, at the end, you realize what she went through to get there. Her journey. You know, and you, that's where you see her laying on the bathroom floor in the hotel crying, going, thank you, thank you, thank you. And that's where she ends up, you know, it's, it's her and her baby. Someday there's going to be a, there's going to be a sequel to that. Cause I hope so. There was a wide open, big wide open thing from black, well, not black, was it Copperhead? Yes. Her daughter, Nikki, Nikita. Yeah. That, that the daughters will that, that, eventually. Yeah, that, um, and I, they've talked about that, like the daughter. That the vengeance will continue. Yeah, it'll keep going. So that's a, that was a glaring wide open, you know, thing for a, for a sequel. But yeah, that's a mother. That's a mm-hmm. that's a mother. I want my baby back. You know that you know the lioness is re, is is reunited with her cub. I think that's kind of what they said at the end. They may have been mm-hmm. some of the, she's been re, reunited with her cub. So yeah, that movie went from this brutal. I mean, top of the line, like gory, <laughs> brutal movie, to where it ends with this is just a mother wanting to get her child. Simple as that, right? And I thought that was a really heavy idea that, you know, and that as far as movie moms, it's like, whoa, okay, Uma Thurman. That's the mommy. Yes. Mommy. Mommy. Mama. So, yeah, happy Mother's Day. Let's come <laughs> happy up Mother's Day, happy moms. Mother's Day. Yep. Yeah. Uh, do something nice for your mom. Yeah. I plant, I plant a garden for my mom every year. That's like my thing we do now is I, I plant flowers for her. I buy all the flowers and do that thing. Aww. I don't know what other people do, but that's kind of my thing that's we do. Sweet. And hang out on the porch. I usually cook coffee. That's sweet. Cook? Yeah. I usually either buy them dinner or cook them dinner or, you know, yeah. we do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My wife likes to actually go do something on Mother's Day instead of like hanging out at home. Mm-hmm. So, See, yeah. I don't get this stuff. Ladies, mothers, it's your day. <laughs> don't do anything. Just relax. Yeah. Let everybody else do something for you. Exactly. Don't turn it into a big three three act adventure. Just chill out and stop giving birth to Zeno babies. Yeah, stop that too. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Bye. Visit us at www.themoviesleuth.com and find the Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes. <laughs>